you're invited to get out your Bible or the Bible app and go to today's reading from the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 3. There's Bibles available on the back of the chairs, and those are free for taking also, if anyone needs one. If you are using that Bible, you will find the reading on page 62. Those Bibles are written in the New Living Translation. I will be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. So the wording may be slightly different depending on the version of the Bible you are using. Today's scripture reading is Exodus chapter 3, verses 7 through 12. And then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites have now come to me. I have seen also how the Egyptians oppressed them. Now I go, and I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people the Israelites, out of Jesus, out of Egypt. But, God, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to the Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? God said, I will be with you, and this shall be a sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Carter. The youth word of the day, so if I can work this word in, then I get to keep my dollar, and if I can't, then the youth get a dollar. We do, as Stuart said, try to be interactive with the kids and the youth in our services, and as you can see in our children's time, the number of children who are attending in the service is growing, which is wonderful. That means that our activity level will ebb and flow a bit today as children are learning to be in worship. So your grace is appreciated as they are doing so. This is a safe place for kiddos to learn to do that. 
So do your best to take a deep breath and focus right up here as we learn together today. So now that I have the youth word of the day, please mark your Bibles in Exodus 3 and Mark 1. Exodus 3 is where we just read the passage about Moses and that interaction with God, but we'll also be turning to Mark 1. So if you want to follow along in your Bibles, please make note of that now. Let's take a deep breath. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight this morning, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So in seminary, I took a course that required me to work with what the professor called an empathy buddy for an entire semester. I'm not joking. One day toward the end of the class, the professor said, by the next class period, you all need to select an empathy buddy for the remainder of the course. And I didn't know anyone in the class, and I wasn't super excited about that requirement, so I just waited until the next class period when the professor asked the question, okay, so who doesn't have an empathy buddy? And I reluctantly raised my hand, feeling like the last kid to be picked for kickball, right? Until I saw the look on the face of the only other person who was raising a hand, and I could tell that she felt about this assignment just about the same way that I did, and I knew that we would be fast friends. It may be a silly example, but I truly felt in that moment that God heard my cry of desperation and did something to help me. And that is what God does. That's the pattern of behavior that we see in our biblical narrative over and over again. God hears the cries of the people, sees their suffering, and is moved to save them. This is the story of encounter that we find in our text for today that Elaine read for us from Exodus chapter 3. A story of encounter with God based in scripture is called a watchword or a watch phrase. And this concept of the watchword is serving as our topic of conversation during the season of Lent as we move toward Easter Sunday. We are calling this series Watchword, a story of encounter. And we kicked it off last week with an explanation of what it means to encounter the God who is love. That brings us to today and this idea of compassion. So we're going to take another look at Exodus 3, but only focusing on verses 7 and 8. So go ahead and open your Bibles. Or perhaps they're still open. And we will read 7 and 8 together. As we prepare to do so, just a reminder, at this time in the life of the people of God, they are living as slaves in Egypt. And a man named Moses is also an Israelite, but he was raised in the palace as the son of the princess. And he has witnessed the mistreatment of his people and even become so angry that he kills one of the Egyptian oppressors and then flees for his life. Sometime later, he encounters a bush that is on fire, but it is not burning up. 
And out of that bush, he hears the voice of God say in verses 7 and 8 of chapter 3 of Exodus, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land. It's in that last piece, that I have come down piece, that we encounter compassion. Compassion is not merely found in the observance of suffering. It is found in the willingness to do something, to acknowledge and try to ease that suffering. The word compassion literally means a movement of the bowels, a gut wrenching reaction that prompts a caring response, a gut-wrenching reaction. We see it in the movement of God to free the people of Israel from slavery in Egypt, and we also see it in the ministry of Jesus. So that's why I wanted you to bookmark Mark chapter 1. So turn to Mark 1 now. Mark 1 Verse 41. So in the chapter, the first chapter of Mark, we see Jesus beginning his public ministry, during which he offers healing to people with a variety of ailments. And toward the end of the chapter, a man who has a skin disease comes toward Jesus and begs him to heal him. That's when we find Mark. Chapter 1, verse 41, which says, moved with compassion, some translations say pity, but it's more accurate to translate there, compassion, moved with compassion, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched the man and said, I do choose, be made clean. Jesus was moved with compassion moved, moved to take action to end suffering. And as with the Exodus story, this movement begins with listening, with hearing the cries of the people in pain. This is something that we care about at Morningstar. It's why the alleviation of suffering makes the list in our vision statement. But remember, a watchword is different than a mission statement or a vision statement. It's not something that we write. It's not even something that we discover. A watchword is revealed by God to a particular group of people in a particular place, in a particular time, for a particular purpose. And that means we have to listen for that revelation. And we have been listening. So just a bit of recent history. I began serving as the pastor of Morningstar in July of 2021. And that month, we launched a series of listening sessions, eight sessions that were open to the congregation in which we discussed the current state of Morningstar and hopes for the future. One thread that emerged clearly from our listening sessions centered on Morningstar's calling to serve the needs of our neighbors through our food pantry, through our ramp project, through our mission team, and more. The next year, 
In August of 2022, we worked with the Reverend Dr. Scott Sharp from the Texas Methodist Foundation, who led us through a process called Holy Excavations. That day-long exercise invited us to consider the scripture passages that resonated most with us in terms of what it means to be the church and also what we would be willing to change to pursue the next steps that God would have for us. Participants listed biblical narratives such as the feeding of the 5,000, the Good Samaritan, and the anointing of Jesus' feet with oil as passages that speak to us about what it means to be the church. And we were affirmed in our desire to serve the community and to remain open to all people, especially to people who struggled to find a place anywhere else. It was in 2023 that I received an email from a woman named Hannah Stevens. She's a congregational coach with Western Theological Seminary in Holland, Michigan. She was inviting our congregation to participate in a year-long program called Churches in Mission that had been designed just a few years prior with Hannah by none other than Sherry Osteen, who was my seminary buddy, my empathy buddy all those years ago. Sherry had moved on to another job by then, but she told Hannah that Morningstar would be a great fit for the Churches in Mission program because we were exactly that, a church in mission in the community, and we would be eager to grow into additional ways of being the church. So I talked to the church leadership board about the process, and I put together a team I served as the pastor, as the leader of the team, joined by Margaret Jorgensen, Pete Tierney, Randy Farmer, and Audrey Inslin, all of whom were involved in service in the church in some way or another. And with the board's blessing, the five of us began meeting with Hannah monthly and conducting a series of interviews with congregation members and neighbors. And the information was then compiled by Hannah and her team so that we could take a look at what themes were emerging in terms of thought and need. So we will talk more about some of these themes next week. But for now, you need to know that the the data absolutely shows a need for continued outreach in the community and also to continue growing in our relationships with our neighbors based on our shared concerns and experiences. One specific partnership that was lifted up as an area of possible growth was Camino Real Middle School. Here's the point of all of this. For the past two and a half years, beloved, we have been actively listening to each other, to our God, and to our neighbors to discern whether we are putting our time and our resources into the relationships and the service that God is calling us to pursue. Our listening sessions affirm that we are a people called to hear the cries of others to see their suffering, and to do something to alleviate that suffering. We are called to be a people of compassion. Our holy excavations conversation revealed that we experience God as one who feeds the hungry and heals the sick and honors the dying, a God of compassion. And what's really exciting 
is that our church's admission data show that if someone in the community knows only one thing about Morningstar, it's that we serve people in need without exception. The lines of cars that drive away with food on the first and third Tuesday of every month, the ramps that bring new life to people who are confined to their homes because of their need of a wheelchair, the hundreds of students who have a safe place to wait for their rides after school, the support of other local helping agencies through our mission team. All of these acts of compassion are what we are most known for outside of the church. I'm not saying this so that we can gloat. This is God's work through us. But it's so important that we stop in the midst of all of this good and holy activity to listen like Moses did. He knew the suffering of his people. He had lived it. He'd reached the point of hope, hopelessness. He'd reached the point of hopelessness so great that he committed murder and then ran away until he heard the voice of God in that burning bush inviting him to take part in the liberation of his people. And Jesus, Jesus listened too. He could have healed that man with a skin disease without ever really interacting with him. But Jesus chose to listen to the pleas of the suffering man and then to affirm that he had heard that suffering with his own pledge and his willingness to offer healing. Beloved, we have entered uncharted territory as a church in the West, a time in which active listening may be needed now more than ever. And we could blame it on the pandemic if we want to, or the divisive political climate in our country, or rapid changes in science and technology, or attitudes of the younger generations. But the truth is the church in America has been in decline since before I was born. And if we want to be agents of new life and health in the church and in the world, we're going to have to be willing to face two truths. The first is that where we're going in the church looks nothing like where we have been, which means what we are doing and what church looks like may need to change. We may need to try different things and to chart the map as we go. This truth is well expressed in a book by Todd Bolsinger called Canoeing the Mountains. Your board has read it, your staff has read it, and I encourage you to read it as well. We will share a link to this book, to an, uh, an opportunity to purchase the book, in the Star Weekly tomorrow afternoon. The second truth is that the decline of the church is only a symptom of the bigger problem. I'm going to say that again. The decline of the church is not the real crisis. The real crisis is a lack of encounter with the living God. And when I read this truth in this book called When Church Stops Working, I felt like a light bulb had come on into my soul. This truth could be transformational for Morningstar as we seek to be the church in the world because if we really are about interacting with people with love and compassion, we are putting ourselves and others in a place to encounter God in a real way and real time that is not available to other churches at this moment because they're focusing on decline. 
I would encourage you to read this book too, as your staff and your board have done. Now, it probably feels like I just gave you homework, but this is the season of Lent. And one of our practices in Lent is to add a faith practice so that we can remember or learn something really important about God and ourselves. And I invited you last week into a practice of active listening. Reading is a way of listening. So I invite you to pick up one or both of these books, and if cost is a factor, let me know so that we can remove that barrier. And whether you choose to read the books or not, please consider practicing compassion Interacting with this watchword of hearing the cries of those in need, seeing the suffering and being moved to do something about that pain, and consider what that can do for the person who is in crisis, for the health of your own soul, and for the witness of the gospel. The Dalai Lama said it this way, if you want others to be happy, practice compassion. If you want to be happy, Practice compassion. So that's what the antacid tablets are for. (laughs) Practically or symbolically, when you feel your bowels being moved, (laughs) truly though, when you have a a gut-wrenching reaction to the suffering of, of someone else, do what you have to do to move toward that suffering and to stay present. Sometimes sometimes life feels so complicated. Doesn't it, Owen? Owen agrees. Sometimes life feels so complicated when really just being the best human beings we can be would make it so much easier. And it starts with compassion. Amen? Amen. So I'm not joking now. I invite you to hold these eight acid tablets in your hand. We're going to pray. Kids, you have the wooden crosses in your bags as well. You can get those out and hold them as we pray. Let's take a deep breath. Gracious and loving God, help us to be gentle toward every person we encounter. In thought, in word, and in action, may we recognize that others are facing difficult circumstances about which we know nothing. Truly, God, may others encounter you when they meet us. Still our thoughts, bridle our tongues, and open our hearts. Fill us with a spirit of forgiveness and generosity. And as it be your will, place these words in our mouths that others need to hear. Help us to share your unfailing compassion with all people, especially those with whom we live and work, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and in the name of Jesus. Amen. And the word of the day was science. Was science. The word of the day was science. With technology. Technology.